This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Chargers. Unfortunately, coming off another loss. Felt good about the, the loss against Buffalo Low. Uh, they played great. Both sides, all three phases really played great in that game against Buffalo. Think about Cameron Dicker with the five field goals. J.K. Scott routinely flipping the field and, you know, both Easton Stick running that offense and, and the way that Khalil Mack and everybody on the defensive side set the tone. You felt really good coming out of that game. And unfortunately, Coming out of Denver, you you feel good uh, about the way the defense played. Played a heck of a game. Uh, unfortunately, the offense took a pretty big step back uh, in that one. Whether it was penalties by arguably one of the best players on the team, Rashawn Slater, just two backbreaking holding penalties. Uh, one at the end of the half that took three points off the board, probably as well as Cameron Dickers kicked the ball and just Easton Stick not quite building. You know, taking that next step, took a step from start one to start two, and then unfortunately took a bit of a step back, missed some missed some throws and just didn't quite perform at the level that we had hoped um, just to feel this thing kind of build with some positive momentum going toward the end of the season. Yeah, I thought the same money. And, and also just to add on to that, you saw the Chargers. You wanted to see them go out and win, especially with two backup yeah. quarterbacks. Denver played their backup quarterback. Chargers played their backup quarterback. You kind of wanted to see that was a measuring stick. What's in the shelves? What's in the cupboards? And you, like you said, Stick just didn't seem efficient enough and consistent enough. He showed some great running ability. The quarterback draws and showed his athletic ability again, once again this week, like you're saying. But just the inconsistency, missing some passes. You know, Bill, you know, know we got a Pro Bowl type of kicker, missed the field goal. Just like you said, all three phases, defense played a lot better, played well. But just the consistency as a unit, as I didn't see that as a team as much as we saw it the week before against the Bills. Yeah, I think everybody knows I'm a, I'm a Cameron Dicker apologist. So I do want to make, because I, I don't know if it was shown, you know, it was just uh, in LA and Denver market only game. So you don't have the 10 cameras. You don't have all the super slow-mo, but that ball was blocked. Uh, that the, the right side of the line got completely collapsed and Zach Allen got a hand up and tipped that ball. Um, that's why it ended up sailing. You know, the way they described it yeah. in the broadcast was that it sailed wide, right? No, it was tipped right. and it got, you know, redirected. Right. So I'm just I guess uh, it's a it's a fresh wound right now. Justin Tucker did not have a good season. He, he had an absolutely you know poor season by his standards and that he's in the Pro Bowl instead of Dicker, I think is pretty upsetting uh, for someone that, that had one of the greatest seasons in the history of the NFL uh, in terms of kickers go. I think it's a shame that he didn't get the nod for the Pro Bowl. But to your point, and I guess almost to my point, here we go, and I do this regularly, people that watch the show know, contradict myself from one <laughs> second to another. We love you. You're the best. <laughs> right? But, like, the thing about Stick that I'll give him a pass for, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say Stone Smart was the fastest receiver on the field. Their tight end. Their former Riverside Community College quarterback at tight end was probably the fastest receiver out there. And I just bring it up to maybe set up the conversation, low about the future. They do not have explosive players. Like, they had no speed on that field. As great of a job as Alex Erickson did at, at grabbing balls and, you know, moving the chains. And, and they just, like, 
And I think that's kind of what the the Vic Fangio defense, the thought behind it is, right? Put a shell on it and eventually, or put a ceiling on it, put a lid on it, and eventually they're going to make a mistake. Eventually you're going to get the Rashawn Slater holding penalty. Eventually you're going to get Easton Stick missed a wide open guy on a third down, and now we got to punt. Eventually you're going to get Austin Eckler fumbles. And that's what happened in this game is they had – the drives would start, and they had a couple good plays, and here's a couple first downs, and then you get behind schedule, and you just can't dig out of that hole. And I think it's something that the new general manager and head coach and everybody that's involved with this organization moving forward, they just have to address. You You have yeah. got to get somebody out there that is explosive, that is fast, that can grab a ball on a quick slant and go, and they just – Man, it, it, it was so evident in that game that that is what this offense is lacking. It, it is. And like you said, when you get guys like Eckler, who's a, who's a veteran, who's a good pro, you know, the fumbles this year in crucial situations and the Brutal. timing was absolutely ferocious. And I think moving forward, whoever's going to be the head coach or the GM, the emphasis needs to be on the detail, the attention to detail, the small things okay, we're going to do more ball drills where guys are going to catch the ball. We're going to do a bit more jug drills, and we're going to go through different things that going to, you know, where guys are stripping, you know, you go through the line and guys are pulling and tugging at the ball. You got yeah. to go back to those drills that guys hate, those drills that, ah, oh, this <laughs> is for Pop Warner, this is for Pee Wee, because, Matt, it showed its rear ugly head week in and week out, those little fundamentals, okay, walk through, the walk through was, okay, who's on and who's off, okay, challenge guys it's attention to detail it's where you're challenging guys okay i want every single running back okay now we're going to line you out out of the backfield okay you're in the double position the double position means the middle position so that means that you have to be off or who's going to be on if you're taking if you're taking the point which guy's off so you need to go over the basics the basics of this team you saw it week in and week out, guys lining off, off. Guys should have been on they were off the ball right and they're they're using the hand movement that hey i'm off that's so identifying that they're off when they should be on. So that just goes to show you there is a there is a there is a disconnect in the attention to details, you know, and that's a, from a physical point. Attention, hold on to both points of the ball instead of getting getting stripped. Okay, no air in between the back, or they can't punch underneath. You got to clamp down on the ball. All those little fundamentals at times reared its ugly head for this team, man. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and you want to talk about fundamentals and little things and, you know, you know, it's a big thing, but it's often not talked about because everybody wants, you know, sack production. They want turnovers created, forced fumbles, interceptions. Where are the sacks? And how about tackling? But just someone that can tackle, you know, you think about the little Jordan Humphrey touchdown and first, yes, you got a saying Bassie who, you know, God love him. He's trying his butt off and, and he's someone that was picked up off waivers and he's out there and he gets burned right off the beat. And then you have, I mean, literally four missed tackles, four, four missed tackles on the way to a 54 yard touchdown. So Brutal. yeah, if you're going to play corner, you got to be able to tackle in this league because it's a passing league and passes are going to get completed. And the way PI is called and holding is called, it's hard to get physical prior to the catch. So you better be sound after the catch. And you know, if there's, I think if there's two things that I took, well, there's three things that I took away more than anything from this game. One is we talked about it, lack of explosiveness on offense, particularly at the wide receiver position that's got to be figured out. Two is, you know, the secondary is going to have to be addressed as well. And you better make sure your corners can tackle. Um, and then the other thing too, low in a positive is, you know, I, 
I am now watching Brandon, you know, Brandon Hymas, who's a third string center who has not been able to get on the field in, in the three plus years he's been here, played pretty darn well. I watched a fifth round pick in Jordan McFadden sub in for the injured Zion Johnson, the number 17 overall pick. And I didn't see much of a difference. You know, I, I think, you know, for, for either however they're coaching it up, but I think it's something to, to kind of think about moving forward, right? When you're, when you're talking about a team that is, however, whatever, 40 million bucks over the cap, that they're going to have to figure all these things out to get to a point where they're below the cap. You know, they made Corey Lindsley the highest paid center in the league. They invested a first round pick in a guard. So if you need to sort, you know, they just invested, you know, a bunch of money. Now tackles are different. I get that. They're, they're, that that's a different deal. But I think when you're talking about having a top eight, maybe a top five pick, you know, there are things that are going to be available to you. The tackles in this class are really good. You know, Fashanu out of Penn State, Alt out of Notre Dame, one of those two guys going to be there. You know, the wideouts, Adunze, I mean, my gosh, what that dude did to Texas and how he's been, you know, all season long for Washington at the wide receiver position. You got neighbors out of, out of LSU. You may see Harrison slip. You very well could end up getting Marvin Harrison Jr. sitting in the laps of the Chargers. I think that's going to end up being the debate, right, is feel good about the interior line, however we want to put it together. Is it a tackle? Is it an explosive wide receiver? Like, those are sort of the things that I started thinking about as we were flying home from Denver on New Year's Eve, um, you know, and kind of what what you're going to start discussing as, as you move forward. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. And for me, I look at the tackle position. You talked about the kid from Penn State, you know, who's going to be the guy. And the only reason I'm going to build in the trenches is because you, you you have your guy of the future at the quarterback. You know right. if your quarterback is upright and you give Herbert time, Herbert can hurt you. Now, and now you, you already have Slater. Slater's going to play a lot better. You understand he's been injured, coming off injury, so it's going to take him a year. This year wasn't a great year. We get it. But we right. know we've seen him play. You know that this guy can play and is still an elite tackle. So now you go get another bookend tackle that now you got a guy that you have under under contract for the next five years that right. it's a rookie deal. So I protect outside. You already know you have a center staying healthy. Lindsay, if he's healthy, you have a good center. You know, you look at Zion, you look at the guards. And that's another thing. We're talking about basic fundamentals. The t- guards you picked in the first round, it's a tension deal. A lot of coaches think when guys, because they come out of college, they say, okay, I don't necessarily need to teach fundamentals. I just need to coach them, let them know what to do. And okay, just butt the butt, hip to hip. Okay, go block a sub, block up. Instead of saying, okay, let's get into details. Let's watch the footwork. Let's watch you sit. Let me see you sit in a chair. Let's do those things. Those are the things because you see, he's strong, he's physical, but he missed whiffs sometimes, over overextended, getting in bad right. position. It's not a lack of strength and talent. It's the small things. So that's where I go back to the techniques and the fundamentals that coaches need to start saying, okay. I know this guy's athletic. You see him come off the ball and some just real great. So when you're like, where's that guy the whole game? Well, that guy's not there the whole game because the details, attention to details and the techniques not there, Matt. So those are things the, there is enough talent on this team, even though over the cap, you're going to have to shed some guys. We don't know if it's going to yeah. be Bolsa and all the things are going to happen, but there is enough talent on this team that you still are, should make the playoffs. You still should be a good team moving forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, remember it's, it's not just sort of, best player available when it comes to the draft. And I know we'll, we'll get into this later after the, the season, but I, it's, you know, we're just in the middle of it right now, but I think it's important. And I pulled up. And so I was looking off camera a little bit there for a second, 
you're not going to get or the chances of you getting an elite tackle later in the draft are almost zero. Rarely do you know, do you hear about the tackle that was drafted in the fourth round and turned out to be those dudes are going high. And after their draft that like Trent Williams, that doesn't happen. Teams do not let guys like that go. That was just a, a weird confluence of events that allowed him to leave Washington and find his way to San Francisco. That almost never happens. Tackles are going to re up because they're hard to find. So I'm looking at the wide receivers Rasheed Rice, second round. Jaden Reed, second round. Puka Nakua, fifth round. Josh Downs, third round. Trey Tucker saw him in the slot, you know, against the Chargers, burn him for 70 yards, third round with an extra pick. Like that's. You can find receivers. Yep. You know, you if if you if as great as those guys are, as neighbors and Harrison and and Adunze are, like you're gonna be able to maybe get you a receiver. And that's the other thing. All the, the Charger fans are getting excited about Brock Bowers and now being in a position to sign Brock Bowers or to draft Brock Bowers. I get it. Give me the last time a tight end taken in the tight end or taken in the top 10 has made an impact. I mean, dude, they took Kyle Pitts ahead of Jamar Chase ahead of Panay Sewell, ahead of Rashawn Slater. Like that, it just, it doesn't work out for whatever reason, that position, you know, you look at last year, Dalton Kincaid in the 20s, Sam Laporta, top of the second round. You're going to be able to get craft, you know, in the second round. You're going to be able to find your guys in the second round like that. You, you say it all the time. Yeah. You say it all the time. Like, to, to your point, I'll interject real quick. Look at, yeah. at Gatesy, Antonio Gates, not drafted. Look at, yeah. you know, look at Kittle in San, in, in San Francisco. Right, look fourth at, round. In fourth round. You're absolutely right. That those 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 skill positions, the receiver, you like you said, the tight end, those running backs, you can find those guys that have athletic ability that you right. can that you can that you can train and they can become an elite player. But it's hard to get a tackle. It's hard to get that trench guy, like you just alluded to. Right, and I think the other thing to is it's not unfortunately it's not a great corner dra- draft. I mean, there's a couple, but there you know that would be a trade back situation. And that's the other thing to remember is. You're talking about a draft now that we know the first two picks are going to be quarterbacks. It's going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May. Whatever order it goes in, it'll probably be in that order. Caleb first, Drake second. Well, now, talking about Jaden Daniels, he's going to probably go in the top 10. And depending, you know, with Penix Jr., it's just a medical thing. Guy's got two ACLs and a shoulder. If the team is comfortable, man, that dude is a baller. He can game, play, game man. Change. He can throw. A game changer, culture changer, program changer. What he did to Washington these last two years, and you saw him. Nobody threw the ball better in 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 in, in NCAA football this season. College football, nobody threw the ball better this year than Michael Penn. He should have won the Heisman. It's uh, it's a shame that he didn't. Um, but that's going to be a medical. And then you got Bo Nix, and we know quarterbacks tend to get pushed up. And the reason I bring all that up is now. Now you can have that Brock Bowers conversation. Now maybe you can trade out because someone wants to come up and get that quarterback or come up and get that Marvin Harrison like the Falcons did, you know, for Julio Jones back in the day. Like, you know, like the 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 Dolphins did when they traded back up for Jalen Waddle. Like when you have elite receivers or elite quarterbacks up there, it's possible that you can now trade back, get more picks, just inject some more youth, some more talent, young talent, explosive talent into this team. Uh, and I know we didn't talk a whole lot about the the Denver game and, and we probably should, but that's, I, I think it's something that was glaring that you take away from that game is okay. We, we can kind of start to identify what this team is going to need uh, moving forward. But, but low, I know I, I do want to acknowledge it just because I'm happy that it happened. 
you know, that didn't happen in the Raider game when they had given up 63 points. But the fact that Khalil has 16 sacks on the season, a new single season high for him and, and hit the century mark is, it was a lot of fun. It's been a lot of, in a season of disappointment, it's been a lot of fun watching Khalil Mack sort of jump back into that fountain of youth and, and remind everyone that he's one of the best damn defensive ends in the league uh, and all a great around guy. and a great and a guy, guy. And a great, great leader. How do you, how do you, when you, when you, and since we jumped on that, you know, giving Khalil those attaboys and because deserving, like you said, and just what he brings to the table, the leadership and the work ethic and see how this guy competes at a high level. How do you handle that, man? When, when you're, cause you know, this is going to be, it's, it's going to be on the table. What do you do if you're the, this organization and a guy who's given it so much and, you know, and you got right. the Bosa who, you know, who's a one hell of a pass rusher, but the injury's been plaguing him for the last several years, not just a year, a year or two. It's been more than that. So how is this organization, in your opinion, going to handle, uh, you know, a, a, a position that you've got to have somebody? Well, I think there's there's two paths, right? And, I, I, you know, to me, it's the other team in town that you can look at. You know, do you just rip that Band-Aid off? And that's what the Rams did last year. They just ripped it off. And these last two years, they've traded – you know, big money players, they've moved on from big money players and they had, they knew they were like, we are way too veteran heavy where too many guys have got too much money tied up. You know, too few guys have too much money tied up in contracts and it's either going to be Ramsey or Donald. And you knew it wasn't going to be Aaron Donald. And you know, it's, they needed to get, they needed to get young and they took their lumps last year. They took their dead cap hits last year and and this year, and now they're going to be in a great position moving forward. So I think if that's the approach, then it comes down to what kind of compensation can you get out of not paying? Can you trade the, basically, if you can trade these players and get another team to take it all on, well, then now at least you get that salary off your books and you only have to take the dead hit on the signing bonus and, and take that. So if someone's willing to give you a day two pick, for that's just my opinion. I think that's probably how it goes. If you can get a day two pick for Bosa, for Mac, for Keenan, for Mike Williams, for those type of players, I think that's probably where they have that conversation. So, and when you're having that conversation, <clears throat> Matt, and you're saying, okay, whatever the coach is going to be in, when you talk about Keenan and for Mike, and of course, and you talk about Bosa and, and Mac, when you look at those four or five guys that we just alluded to, is this all? Is do you think this is all? Do you keep do you, one of those who? If you said, "Hey, look, if this organization wanted to keep a leader," if this, I mean, I know this is putting you in a tough situation, right. but if you said, "Okay, out of those five, who is the one guy that you're saying I'm not I'm not letting go? Who's the leader that you think, or is there a player that out of that group or two that you say, God, I hope they can re re redo something, or you know, or you know, they can take something with the contract and maybe restructure or." You know, or get it. You know, how how would you how would you come into that? Well, I think it uh, to me it really depends on who the coach is, right? You know, if if the head coach is going to be Ben Johnson, then he may say, "Look, I I got to have Keenan." You know, we we that guy's a chain mover. He's he's too good. He had 104 catches with four games left. We can't let that go. He's clearly still at the top of his game, even at this age. You know, if it's Jim Harbaugh, he may say, "I got to set the tone." I need Khalil Mack. I got to set the tone on D. You know, it's it's intellectual brutality. That's what we need, and that's what I'm all about. So I think it, to me, it depends, right? Certainly, you don't have to get rid of them all. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe that's what the coach wants to do. You know, you think about Harbaugh when he went into to Stanford, 
And he took a group of guys, and we've, we've talked about it before, completely changed the culture of that program. I mean, made them the bully and, and said, you're not only the smartest guys in the Pac-12, but you're going to be the toughest. And people are going to rue the day they have to come on the farm and play you for 60 minutes because it is not going to be fun, and that's how we're going to approach it. So if that's what he wants, he may want those players to mold. You know, players, yeah. the, the new head coach may want them. You know, Khalil's 32, Joey's, you know, Keenan's 31. Like they may say, these guys are already set in their ways. I need, we need to, we need to turn this thing upside down. You know, I think, right. I think that, that John and, and Dean Spanos, you know, when you look at that statement, what do they say? Reimagine, you know, that, that when I, when I hear that, that leads me to believe that we got to take a step back. Why are we yeah. losing all these close games? Why, why does everybody in the, the media and guys that played this game, you know, say, oh, I like the Chargers this year. They're my pick. And we continue to come up just woefully short. What's going on with this organization? So that, to me, maybe leads to the idea of a reset. And when you talk about reset, because I don't think this team has to – I think they need to reset or rebuild. But I still think that whatever direction they go, because of the quarterback position, <clears throat> I think that they can still compete. I'm not saying a Super Bowl, but they can still have a playoff type of year, in my opinion, because sure. they have enough. they have enough talent. Let's throw another name out there. I'm, I'm a, a, a name that I don't think anyone's talking about. And I'm, and if you ask me what I, you know, you say, hey, well, what's one of those coaches? I, I like Harbaugh. You and I do. But I'm going to tell you, that guy who's the Harbaugh's playing in the national title, no one's talking about him. But I want oh, you Kalen to DeBoer? Kalen DeBoer. Matt, go yeah. look at his track record. Oh, he's incredible. Go look what he's, go look what he's done. He's a leader of men. He's a t He knows how to resonate with youth and, and and you know and older players he's a guy that you know that that's not going to let anyone get to, he's going to hold guys accountable the way that he coaches I like him and I think yeah, they're going to win great. the national title he's great love Kalen DeBoer now it's funny you say that because I'd want the guy that he replaced you know but I know Chris Peterson isn't going to come out of retirement but that's talk about an incredible human being a leader yeah. uh, a great coach I mean if that that's someone that I would consider. Look, they may not get Harbaugh. Guess what? You got you got a guy in Washington that may just say, "I'll give you twenty five million bucks a year. I'll give you thirty million bucks a year. Come fix this disaster of a franchise the last three decades." Now that I bought him, so like, it is possible that the the Chargers aren't going to get him. He's going to have the Raiders want him, the Chargers want him, the the Commanders want him, the Panthers want him. You know you. It's up to, to to Coach Harbaugh to decide which situation he likes best. Now, I think they're going to throw a ton of money at him. I, I you know, to me, oh, there's yeah. a very easy way to structure this thing, where you know you can you can put in a a qualifier like if we get to the Super Bowl or however wherever you want to put it, win a Super Bowl, make the Super Bowl where you lock in. You know, where all of a sudden it activates another three years or another five years. Give him a five year deal, and guess what? If we make a, a Super Bowl. It, it triggers another two years. If we win a Super Bowl, it triggers another five years. And now you've got your 10-year deal with all that money. Um, so there's ways to do it for sure. And I think, you know, if you present him with that and he looks at Justin Herbert and then, you know, that you have the building blocks. We've talked about it, right? You've got Herbert at quarterback. You've got Slater at left tackle. You've got Thule at defensive end. Like th those are the three most important positions and you've got talent, just blue chip talent at all of them. So, but again, if it's not him, then you then you get to that, you know, okay, well, what's the backup plan? Is it, you know, is it Dan Quinn? 
Mm. You know, and then you keep Kellen Moore. That way, Herbert doesn't have to learn a new offense. Is it uh, is it Jim Schwartz from from Cleveland and what he's done with that defense this season and, and what he did with yeah Jim? You know, you had a zero and sixteen Detroit team. He took him to the playoffs the next year. So that dude can coach. There's other he can coach. He was yeah, with me. And, you know, I had Jimmy Schwartz in, with the Tennessee Titans when I back in the day when I played. He was a young you know D coordinator. Him and you know that worked there with the Titans, and he was a always been a, a guy that's really defense oriented and, and is good coaching. He's a leader of men. He's got that aura. Yeah. He's got that bravado about him. I like Jimmy Swartz. They're going to have plenty of opportunities for oh, some yeah. coaches out there and it won't be a, a shortage. It's just, is it going to be that splash? And that, and that's right. the thing that I think fans want to know and kind of, you know, everyone's anticipating, you know, the hardball because you know, you get a hardball, you know what you're getting. I mean, he's right. going to have those guys tough and you know, he's going to have them ready to compete, especially because he already has a quarterback. It's just interesting just kind of what the league is presenting because of the fact there's so much talk there. You know, every year your team is, you know, you're wishing and hoping and, I, you know, that they get to the next level. And I think that's why it's such a disappointing year for these Chargers organization and the fans, too, because you went out in the Spanos. Everyone talked about how cheap the organization can be. And like you alluded to, they're 40 million over the cap. They did everything they wanted to do to win. They brought in the coaches, brought in the players, did everything that, and and still the ROI has not been there. No, it's not, and and that's why there's changes. You know that look, Kellen Moore was hottest coordinator on the market. They ended up snatching him up, paying him a bunch of money. You know, it went beyond just the the players. It was the coaches as well. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's going to be a five or a six win season. And that's why you got changes. And that's why we're talking about next year instead of, you know, a week 18 game against the Chiefs that could punch your ticket into the play, playoffs and maybe win the AFC West. And it's unfortunate that it all fell apart uh, the way it did. So let's hope that, you know, Isaiah Spiller and Jordan McFadden and Thule and Dayon Henley, who got a, full, a handful of snaps. I wish he had got more. But maybe he gets some more snaps out there and you have an opportunity to, to try to get these guys some some reps, you know, show off what, you know, and maybe build, even though it's one game, something toward next year. But um, it's the reality. You know, that's what we're going to be looking at on Sunday. And it's what we'll be talking about here next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.